Welcome to Amanith Wellness Academy's podcast series, Resuscitating Life, your ultimate source of positive energy and empowering transformation, where we break down barriers, bust through limiting beliefs, and we shatter those glass ceilings so that you can breathe life back into every facet of your being. Hosted by Amanith Wellness Academy's very own vibrant, passionate, and dynamic board-certified nurse coach, Amanda Johnson. Let's dive in and resuscitate the extraordinary life you were always meant to lead. Hello and welcome everybody to our very first episode of Resuscitating Life podcast. I am so excited that you have joined me here and I am excited that you have stepped into this podcast and stepped into the learning journey of what it is to resuscitate your life into a vibrant, thriving life that you wake up excited each day to live. This podcast, it was birthed out of my very own story and journey I have taken over my entire life caring for myself and for others. See, having worked through my own bouts of depression, of disbelief and anger, of doubting myself, my own severe lack of self-worthiness, and taking a journey to walk through and come out the other side, believing in myself, believing that I can have a life of abundance, that I have a life of joy and happiness and peace, that I can have a life of freedom and success, that I am so excited to live each day. This is what Resuscitating Life podcast is all about. This has been a journey that I have been on, again, most of my life, but especially over the last 15 to 20 years, it has truly, truly become my passion and my mission, both for myself and for others in this world. I have dove all in on this journey so that I can bring this to my clients. And really what I wanna say is that it is a journey. It's, which means it's a journey that's never complete. Say, so I will never arrive having accomplished all of this. I will always be learning and transforming and growing. And that's what we're gonna talk about here on this podcast. So who is this that's talking to you? Who is this that's bringing in the Resuscitating Life podcast? I thought no better way to kick this podcast off than telling you a little bit about who is sitting behind the mic. And that is me, myself, Amanda Johnson. And so today we are going to dive into my story that has brought us to where we are today. See, I'm a board certified nurse coach, having been a registered nurse for more than 23 years and a board certified nurse coach since 2020. I help people as a board certified nurse coach step out a life of despair and into a life that is vibrant and thriving so that you too can wake up each day just like I do. Excited to put my feet on the floor, excited for the challenges and the victories that lie ahead each day. That is what I want every person in this world within the earshot of my voice to hear is that you can wake up each day excited, passionate and ready to take on the world. See, I live my life by a motto that I also bring into my clients' lives. And that is that I live each day 
to make dust or eat dust. And it's a choice. And my choice is to make dust. See, because in making dust, I'm on a journey to growth and development. I'm on a journey to seizing the opportunities in front of me that I can create the destiny of my dreams and leave the dust behind me of what no longer serves me. So I guess you can say that's exactly what I bring into each and every client that I work with every day of their life. See, growing up from as early as I can remember, I always wanted to help people. I was always seeking ways on how I could help, how I could care for, how I could guide others. I mean, I remember from times down on the on the playground when I was a little, little kid seeking that out. And the first time, the first memory that comes back where this really got solidified in me was when I was 10. When I was 10, I was in an accident, um, a, a just really kind of crazy accident that happened out of the blue while I was waiting for the school bus one morning. And it was this accident that landed me in the hospital with life-threatening injuries that required emergent surgery to um, fix the internal bleeding that was going on inside. And this accident, crazy as it was, where nobody could believe it, believe the extent of the injuries that I suffered, because it just seemed like I just tripped and fell. Um, but it was so much more than that. And it was these two weeks in the hospital at Christmas time as a 10 year old kid. Um, I, I do remember a conversation between the surgeon and my mom as they were wheeling me off to surgery. I was sitting on the gurney and he was saying, we have to go now, we have to go now. I remember bits and pieces of that conversation and just thinking, what is going on? And then coming out the other side of surgery and really beginning to see how different I was treated just because I had had surgery. See, as a little kid at 10, I didn't know that I was bleeding out, that I was moments away from dying if they didn't fix the bleeding that was going on inside. And when I came out of surgery, I wanted to carry on life as, as normal. And this is when I learned, I guess, exactly who I was because I was told that I couldn't. Because of the extensive surgery that I had had, that I needed to be calm, that I needed to rest, that I needed to just wait and let my body heal. And I kept saying, no, no, I can't rest. I can't sit here. I need to move. And I remember the very first night once I reached my room, see I had had open surgery. They had opened my abdomen from sternum to pelvis. And what was really weird was how they closed it all up. They didn't even suture it up. They just put a bunch of steri strips on there. And so all of that to say, they didn't want me to turn or move in any which way because they didn't want my incision to reopen. And all I knew is I was in pain. And so by golly, George, I'm gonna turn. So I remember turning on my side and the nurse coming right back in. I mean, it took me like an hour because it hurt so bad to turn. And she come right back in and said, you can't do that. And she would put me back on my back. And while this is all funny and stuff, what, what I really learned in looking back on this was 
that's when I really stepped into knowing what was right for me. And if what I am doing is right for me, you can't tell me no. You can't tell me that I can't go after my dreams. You can't tell me that I can't go after what I need to be all that I need to be. So this continued on for the two and a half weeks I was in the hospital from getting out of bed and walking to decorating the Christmas tree, all the things they said I couldn't do or I shouldn't do. And I kept saying, watch me. And I kept getting up and doing it to when I come home from the hospital and they're telling me I can't go back to school for months. And I'm telling them, no, I can. I know I can. I know what my body can do. Part of my healing process, part of my healing journey is you need to let me do this. I was strong. I was strong-willed and I was very independent. And so I defied the odds and I went back to school. I, I think I even remember cleaning my brother's bedroom one day and I'll never forget my grandma had come to take care of me because my mom had to go back to work. And she said to me, I thought I was coming to help take care of a sick person and you are anything but sick. And boy, was she right because I wasn't going to let anybody tell me that I was less than. I wasn't going to let anybody tell me that I couldn't do something when I knew in my mind I could. I might have to do it a little different, but I could do it. So this was the first moment in my life that I can, without a shadow of a doubt, remember being called to something greater and that the journey was within me and I had to make the rules. I wasn't going to let the world around me make the rules. It was this incident that set me on the path to healthcare that ordained my steps into helping heal others. The other thing was that I was always seen as a leader from very, from very little. I always, see, I was, like I said, strong, driven, um, very independent, always pushing those boundaries. And so my, my personality, my innate personality is to push status quo so that we can invite in and grow and change. I've always had a curiosity to grow and learn and to prove more to myself, but it's through the journey of proving to myself, I prove to others that things can be done. If we are willing to challenge and do that hard work and fight, it's not gonna always be easy. It's not gonna always work out the way we want, but when we continue to to purse through, to persevere, that we do come out the other side different. And while these are all great qualities and great things, uh, I think it's those things that also has allowed me to, to walk through what I did walk through as a kid. Because also, as a kid, I was, I was different, let's say than others. I, as a young girl, I always had short hair. I was very much a tomboy way back in the days. Um, always seeking to be outside playing and getting muddy and dirty. Again, doing the things that people said I couldn't do because I was a girl. And there wasn't anything that you were going to tell me I couldn't do in this world because I was a girl. But that same thought is what brought on a lot of challenges for me. See, I had distant relatives that would rebuke me, that would say, you can't go out in public 
with us because of the way you look and dress. Because you have short hair, because you wear shorts, you are different than us, and so we can't be seen with you. I had, um, again, because I had short hair, I'd go into the bathroom, you know, out in public, and they would say, uh, you need to be in the other restroom. This is the girls' restroom. So it was always being told that I was someone that I wasn't. That the way that people looked at me, that I needed to be someone else. And yet I still stood firm in what I believed in for me. But this took a toll on me. This took a toll on my mental health. And when I was around the ages of 12 to 13, it really took a toll and um, I was wanting to die. And I would think about this. I would journal on this. I would ruminate on this, on how I could do this. And even tried a couple ways that were obviously not, um, didn't work. And ultimately I believe it's because I was called to something higher. But even though I knew I had this higher calling on my life, in that moment, all I could see was all that was wrong and bad because that's what society was telling me. And it was in those dark hours and those dark days that I continued to work and push through to process through the thoughts that I could as, as well as you can at 12 and 13. And then when I was 13, everything changed. I went to a youth conference and I invited faith into my life. And that's a, another story for another episode. But what I want to say here is that that is when I truly began to realize all that I had within me was all that I needed to create the life I desired. That I within me had the ability, the opportunity to invite in what I needed to, to allow myself to create the life that I desired. I had the availability to invite in that forgiveness, to invite in those changes in my thoughts, changes in my thinking, to see the power I had within me. And at 13, that's when I truly began to change the way that I thought, that I truly did bring in love, acceptance, forgiveness, and always looking at things from a different perspective, challenging thoughts, challenging who I was and how I was showing up so that I could be the best version of me. This is why I say I've been doing this work my whole life. And this couldn't have come at a more pivotal moment in my life because little did I know that from this moment forward, that within one year, my life would radically change. That through inviting in these changes in my thoughts, in my life and in the love and forgiveness I had, that in one year, through the healing process I had gone through, that my life would never be the same. Because one year later, my biological dad decided to take his own life. And it was the journey that I had started on, the healing that I had brought into my life that allowed me to navigate this current circumstance in a healthy way, in a healing way. It was the journey that I had been on that allowed me to navigate this path in a way that was so wise beyond my years 
and that actually I can invite in that full love and forgiveness and resist any hate or resentment that would come my way. It's also the journey that fueled me in my work to bring this healing into the world. And I knew it that from that moment forward that I was called to challenge the status quo of how people showed up in life. I dove headfirst into this work, always seeking healing and forgiveness, always seeking growth for myself and for those around me. And that's what set me on my path to becoming a nurse, coupled with the experience I had had at 10. And as a nurse, straight out of college, it's how I would approach the conversation with my patients that allowed me to bring in a healing that was so much more than just physical, to bring in a healing that was physically, spiritually, and emotionally motivated. And it was through these conversations that I would have with my patients that I could see just such a desire for people to understand the power within them, the healing that they have within them, but they're not quite sure how to grab that, to take hold of that. And it was in these conversations that I truly, again, began to invite in this healing journey in the work that I did. Because what I learned is that people are lost. People are hurting. And I experienced this two more times throughout my first about 10 years as a nurse when I lost two brothers to suicide. And as devastating as this was, in my own battle at a young age with depression and lack of self-worthiness, I realized something needed to be done and I no longer could sit back and be comfortable and just let this be. I could do nothing while so many people were out there, out there in this world hurting and aching and feeling like they don't matter, feeling like there isn't an answer. Because that is so far from the truth. And what I am here to tell you today is you matter. That there is a way. It might not be easy, but that there is a way and a path for you. That you are loved. That you are enough. And that your life is important and your life is so needed in this world. If there is nothing that you hear from this podcast, it is these words that I want you to hear. You are enough. You matter. You are so loved. And your life is so, so, so important. This is exactly what we will discuss here in this podcast. And we will dive into strategies that will allow you to bring these thoughts, these feelings into your own life that we will together walk through ways of changing your thoughts around this so that you can step into a vibrant, thriving, and exciting life. My work as a nurse was a journey that had so many ups and downs, so many challenges, trials, and learning curves, and so many life-altering lessons that again, it confirmed my calling to help others. Through walking 
through this as a nurse and seen my work on a daily basis and how it affected me and how it affected those around me from family and other coworkers. That it brought me back to the inner work and how when we do this inner work, everything around us changes. In my career as a nurse, I have helped so many patients, nurses, and other people walk through this path into a vibrant life that is authentic for them. But this first came from me losing my own ability to care for myself when I was a nurse. See, about three years into my career, I became a nurse in a major inner, inner city ER. While this was probably my most favorite job of all times as a nurse, it also was the most challenging job of my entire life. See, it was in this department that my love for humanity was fueled so much brighter than I'd ever had before. But the reason it was fueled is because of what I saw every day. And ultimately what ended up happening is because while I saw the worst of the worst every single day and I poured my heart and soul into caring for them, I ultimately lost my ability to care for myself because I was so busy caring for these other people. Every day I walked into a battlefield of life that really didn't have any regulations on what we did. Meaning that because we were the only trauma center and only burn center for multiple states that we could never say no. That we always had people coming in no matter what. And it was the inner city hospital. So that means we saw all people of all different varying degrees of ailment, of ability to pay, of just persons who they were in life. And that's what I loved about it because I could be taking care of the president of the United States and I could literally be turn around and care for the person who was out on the streets because they didn't have any place to live. And seeing humanity through a different lens is what I truly loved about that and that we rallied together my coworkers were the best coworkers I had ever had, and we worked so hard every day because we cared. But also in that care, I was routinely spat on, yelled at, called more names than you could even imagine or probably even think up. I heard curse words that you probably have never even thought of, heard of, or even knew existed. I was physically assaulted and definitely morally assaulted every day that I went to work. And when enough would reach that I would speak up and say, what about me? I was met back with, there isn't time for you. And while that was so true, physically speaking, I was never offered the opportunity to heal myself internally from the things that we saw every day. The things that I saw, they're the cases that I did still haunt me to this day and being told to wrap it up to wrap up a trauma code of a newborn to move on to the next patient to seeing all of just the horrific things that we saw and just you don't got time to process that you have to move on to the next patient that takes a toll on you and 
I began doing my work for myself while I navigated this. And then about 12 to 13 years later, I was working at a different inner city ER and um, we had worked on a newborn for about 90 minutes, which did not end well. And while I was cleaning and wrapping up this newborn, this lifeless newborn to give back to her mom so they could say goodbye, I looked around at the young nurses that were with me, the young healthcare providers that had been in this healthcare position less than two years. And I asked if they were okay and said, let's talk about this. And they said, we're fine, laughing and joking and went on about their way. And that was when I knew enough was enough. See, because what I knew was that was the coping mechanism that they were taking, but I also knew they weren't okay. And I knew that our medical system had set us up in a way that reaffirmed this in them that the things that we did the things that we saw that it didn't mean anything and you just needed to move on to the next one but i had been through enough sleepless nights i had been through enough bouts of nightmares night terrors and not eating through things that i had seen and done and conversations i'd been that i knew they weren't okay and so that is when Really, the work of resuscitating your life began, and that was about three years ago. So it is through all of this work, all of these opportunities in my life that I have been able to process through and bring in this healing for myself and for others that has brought me to this point that I can tell you that you too can live a life of abundance, that you too can live a life of joy and peace and happiness, where you feel confident in your own skin, that when you wake up every day, you are so excited to live be because you know that, that there is so much ahead of you and that you know that you have everything within you to be able to take on those things, that you can see yourself for the beauty that you bring into this life. Resuscitating life was born to radically transform lives into a complete holistic and a sustainable way of learning, of being, and that when we learn to live intentionally each and every day and we care for ourselves, it is through that that we then see how much more we can care for others. Here in this podcast, we're going to dive into different strategies and pathways to research-based sustainable change that you can create daily in your life that allows you to see life through a different lens so that you can live all that you desire to be. So if you want to know more about me, you want to know more about this work and what it is that we do, you can find me here on Resuscitating Life Podcast. You can also find me in my group, Resuscitating Life on Facebook. Amanith Wellness is my business. And what I'm excited to share with you is that we have a Resuscitating Life membership group launching September 12th we will have our very first session. And so if you are interested in joining in 
on the ground floor of what this membership looks like, then find me at Resuscitating Life group on Facebook and there will be so much more for you to learn about that there. And I will also have linked in the show notes ways to um, dive in to that program, to that membership. So I look forward to connecting with each and every one of you. I look forward to all of us resuscitating our lives so that we can live each day passionately and vibrantly you. Have a great day, y'all. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this time with me. For more of this great work by Amanda Johnson at Amanet Wellness Academy, you can find me at Resuscitating Life Facebook group as well as amanethwellness.com. That is A-M-A-N-E-T-H wellness.com. Until next time, let's keep resuscitating life one thought at a time.